My guest this week started her career on a television show that my family watched every Sunday together. Through her next three decades in film and television, she has worked with everyone from Freddy Krueger to Shelley Winters to Jamie Lynn Spears. She had important roles in the blockbuster The Hunger Games and the extremely popular Netflix series 13 Reasons Why. Her new film, The Glory, is she co-stars with three Oscar winners. It's my honor to introduce Kamiko Gelman. Hello. Hey. How are you today? So I was doing some research. I was doing some research on you, and I found out. So you were born in Brooklyn. Yeah. But you moved to Long Island. Yes, I was born in Brooklyn Jewish Hospital, which is now Crown Heights, I think, somewhere in Crown Heights. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you are actually, you grew up three towns away from me. Yeah. I'm from Massapequa. I'm from Massapequa. Stop on the Long Island Railroad. Amityville, Lynn, and Hurston Cove, eh? Yeah. <laughs> Change of Babylon. Yes, I took that ride many a time. Was the um, Red Lobster there when you were there? In Copeg? In, in Copeg. God, I don't remember if there was. I mean, I remember uh, it threw up. It had to have been. But all right. So uh, you went to Bosey's for high school? I did. Uh, well, I went to Copeg High. Mm-hmm. Um, starting in 10th grade, um, which is so near Massapequa, and I knew. And I also went to, yeah, the Cultural Arts Center at Bosey, of which I had some friends who were in Massapequa. That was great, because mm. there were people from all over Long Island. Uh, that was kind of like the high school of the performing arts, but the Long Island division, because I actually thought I might go to the one in Manhattan, but that was not in my township. So they had one for... Long Island, outside of Queens, any area outside of Queens. So I remember I used to go to my friend's house in Massapequa um, to rehearse scenes in my classes at uh, Cultural Arts Center, or BOCES, I guess it was also called. And you went to Hunter College? For a very short time, very short time. I went there when I was, I was already living in Manhattan by that time, and I remember I would I was living on the west side. A friend of mine had an apartment, like on Central Park West. That she had this huge apartment, and she let me stay with her. I got into Hunter College, and I would walk across the park and hardly ever make it to school. <laughs> terrible student. And then I ended up getting a job, an acting job, a couple of them. And then I couldn't go anymore. So I was started to work almost right away. So, um, right. Uh, I never finished Hunter College, but I I did love it there. I remember. I got my first job when I was going to to college. I got a job at a soap opera. Loving, right? Uh, yes, loving. And I remember my friend, my college classmate, left me the dress for that audition. Um, and then I got that job, yeah. That was a great first job. How long so were you on? My, I was on, I did like a short stint, and then I came back a year later. And I remember that day because, I don't know if you remember Jasmine Guy, of course. Became a star of a different world. Yes. It was me and her, and it was our first day ever on a soap opera, mm-hmm. TV. She was probably on Broadway at the time, and I was going to Hunter College. Right. That's how I got my union card, my mm-hmm. after union card, from that job. Oh. Okay, and then how did you get um, Rags to Riches? That was a great story, too. So I was living in... 
Manhattan Plaza, which is kind of like, I want to say, actor housing. It's on 43rd and 9th and okay. 43rd and 10th. So it spans two blocks, like 43rd and 42nd is one building, and then the other block is 42nd and 43rd on 10th Avenue. So that whole between 9th and 10th Avenue is this huge building. And I was living there, paying nothing for rent. And uh, I went to an open call, which um, in those days you just showed up at a hotel, and then they took you in by 10 people at a time or 20 people at a time in front of this big desk and with a couple people in front of it, and they typed you in or typed you out, which meant they went, you go left or you go right. And they typed me in because it was about a bunch of orphans. They must have looked like a scraggly orphan. <laughs> like I was auditioning for an Italian-American, and I was not Italian-American. But being from Massapequa and Copac and Emeryville, I knew Italian-American. Right. 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 Matzo pizza, matzo pizza. Matzo pizza. Matzo yeah. And, and Jer- so, Jerry Seinfeld as well. Yeah, so, yeah, I was, I, that's, that was my, you know, definitely knew that type of crew. And so I thought, oh, I'll just, uh, uh, I got typed in, and they gave, they made us sing. Um, they, the people that got typed in, you came in, um, into the hotel room, after uh, getting typed in, and you sang a song. And I had 16 bars of a song, a cappella. And then they said, hey, well, why don't you come back, like a Sunday, why don't you come back on a Tuesday or something like that, and read with this little script, an audition mm-hmm. for this character, and I did, and then on Thursday, they called me and they said, do you want to fly to LA on audition for this show, right, which is for the network, mm. so I went, um, they flew me out on that Saturday, I think, or Friday, or the next day, and uh, I'd never been on a plane before, I didn't have a credit card, and thank God, the other girl who got uh, the part on the show, Tisha Campbell, who's super mm-hmm. famous now, her mom was amazed that I was so stupid and nice, <laughs> and she kind of took me under her wing, so I sat next to Tisha, and, this, and Tisha's best friend, Tashina Arnold, right. also a very well-known actress. From Martin, together. And, from Martin, and I'm so glad to see that they got to work together, and uh, they're still really close. And um, she kind of took me under her wing, and and uh, they put us in that hotel. Um, I remember they asked me for a credit card. I was like, I don't even have a credit card. Mm. You know, I was just living hand to mouth. I was a kid. Well, not really a kid. But um, so the next day we all auditioned. Um, it was like an all day long audition. Mm. And uh, I got the part. They told me that day I got the part, me and Tisha. And um, then they didn't let us go home. They said, can you stay here for the next six weeks to rehearse? Because we need to rehearse. There were a lot of dance numbers and right. scene numbers. And uh, they put us up in this apartment building where they put all the actors in LA called the Oakwoods. Okay. Like a live-in apartment building. You could go to the Oakwoods in Los Angeles. I mean, not right now during COVID, although who knows. Um, you'll always see a bunch of actors who they're putting up while they're filming shows. They're out of town. Mm. And I stayed there for the next six weeks. I didn't know how to drive, being a New Yorker. Mm. And they drove me around, and Tisha's mom drove me around. And uh, then I went home to film some more of that soap opera. But it was crazy. It's crazy. And I remember that soap opera. God, you're making me bring back all these memories. (laughs) The guy, um, what's his name? He ended up being on Seinfeld. I think he was the Peterman catalog. I forgot his name. Oh, John O'Hurley? Yes, John O'Hurley, that's his name. He was on Loving. 
at okay. that time too. Because I remember I ran into him on the beach in LA, and he's like, I remember you from loving him. He's just he's super famous by that time. Um. Anyway, he was on loving too when I was on there. So all my first jobs were very, very. They're practically my first auditions when I think about mm. them. We hadn't been auditioning very long, and I didn't have an agent. When I got the part on Rags to Riches, I was doing something that they called uh, freelancing, I think it was. I, I looked up another Asian gal like me. Like, I was like, who, who, you know, who's her agent? And her name was Lauren Tom. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. She's wonderful, too, right? And, yeah. um, and then this other gal, Natsuko Ohama. Um, at a theater audition, and I realized they both had sort of freelancing with the same agent, so I gave them my 8 by 10 And then when I got the job, I, I remember literally calling him from the hotel and saying, Look, I got this job on the show. I feel like I need an agent. Can you negotiate it for me? Right. And he did. And he became my agent, this agency. Okay. Um, so it was all, it all happened very fast and very lucky. It was open call, and they have this open call all over the country for mm. this show. So I don't know why they were doing that, but I guess they wanted to find somebody new or maybe they didn't have a lot to choose from. Although they probably did because Keisha didn't have an open call. So I don't know. Well, she was that's in, how I got on the show. Yeah, she was on. Little, she already had Little Shop of Horrors under her belt. Yes, and she was actually filming that when we were doing Rags to Riches. She was flying back to London to film Little Shop of Horrors. She had already done a stage production of that, and I think she did it with Tashina. Yes, but she was. Um, yeah, they were the two, two of the three girls. Yeah, so yeah, I remember her having to go back and forth. She was very experienced in the business, and so was her mom, and I was not. I mean, right. I literally, that's how I got my SAG card. I right. got my I got my actor card from Loving, and I got my SAG card, and in those days they were separate unions. Mm -hmm. They only recently merged in the last couple of years. Um, that's how I got my SAG card. Okay, and... So I got them in reverse order, and then I got my equity card, like, two years later, <laughs> doing my first play. Al and the Pussycat. Yes! Oh my gosh, you're a good researcher. Yes, it that is. That was how I got my my equity card. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I went backwards. I didn't like do it going to college, getting a degree. You know, nowadays these people are so these students because my husband is a professor of acting, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and in my experience, everybody's so well trained by the time they first step foot on a set or a stage or in front of the TV, they know everything I learned on the job, uh, everything I learned by doing it. I mean, that's great. That's fun. <laughs> it's fun. I mean, I ended up taking classes later because, you know, you need that class mm. to sustain yourself. But um, it was a great way to learn. And I was always surrounded by just such wonderful, supportive people that uh, helped me, you know. And I observed a lot. So, I remember that's how I learned how to sing. I would say to Tisha, who's an incredible singer, um, she would do a lot of helping with the arranging of the songs on Rack Twitches. And no. so I would just learn from listening to her, copying her sound. Okay. And so there was eight episodes or six episodes in the first season? I don't remember. I know there was a short first season because it was a mid-season replacement. Which was a huge hit, I think, to the surprise of the network, and like it was like a TV movie, and then they picked it up as a mid-season replacement and brought it back for one more season. I I showed it to my daughter, who's eight years old, and she loved it. 
Oh, that's so great. I have to say, I still get fan letters and reach outs from girls who've seen it when they were kids. And and that that's my audience. That's the audience that loved it, young girls and boys. But I just loved it. I think my I think my mom watched it honestly because she watched Loving and knew you from Loving. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and my dad liked the music. Yeah, throwback, right? Exactly. Dick Clark and yeah. all these. People. Oh my God, Fabian was on the show. They would bring back throwback people on the show, from what I remember. God, so long ago, but right, it you was were a like a lot of fun. Your character was like the voice of reason. Because she was a little bit older. Yes. I was the older sister, right. right? Which is a role I know well because I have a baby sister. She's six years younger than me. Mm-hmm. So I was very comfortable in that role, the older sister, the bossy older sister. And bossy in a good way, leader. <laughs> Did <laughs> you get fun. Are you still friends with the other girls or even Tashina? I am. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't see them that often. You know, I live in a different part of the world. Right. But, uh, I didn't, you know, I lost Susie Carts, yeah. She got married young, I read. Yes, like her mom. Oh, okay. And um, they, yeah, Blanca has a bunch of kids too. Yeah. I see her occasionally um, online, not in person. Like, who do you see in person anymore? But I was <laughs> even talking to her mom and sending love to her mom, Rose, who I love too. And how was Joe Bologna? You know, Joe passed away. No, I know. You know? I didn't say how is. How was he? Mm. And you know, just a real pro. 
and he, you know, he was just such a good guy. Just a really good guy. And Renee Teller was there a lot on set? Was Renee Teller a lot? Okay. occasionally. <laughs> no, because I always see them, always see them together in like the Westbury Music Fair. They'll be, they'd be doing a play and it would be Joseph Bologna and Renee Taylor in uh, same time next year or something like that. Yeah, and they were very, very close. Very good couple. You yep. know what I mean? They, they were close, just like how you think. I always thought, I always thought Joe Bologna was a Jew, you know, Jewish, because I grew up Jewish, mm-hmm. uh, just because of his personality, but it's because he was married to Renee Taylor, and they're so close, and you know how you become your partner. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to blend into one. But I just loved him. He was just like a big, overgrown kid to me. Really sad to hear he passed away. That made mm-hmm. me sad. I thought he was awesome. They had a son named Gabe. Okay. Yeah. And you know who's in the pilot? Bill Maher. I know. God, that's just so weird to me to think, you know, to put those two and two together like that. Yeah. Yeah. I remember him. And, yeah, that pilot was fun. We filmed it on, like, I think it was the Batman Mansion in oh. Pasadena. Yeah. God, that was a good experience. Uh, you know, everything was new to me, and just everybody was awesome. Now, there's a theory of what killed the show. I don't know if you heard oh, really? it. I don't know if you know this. Um, no. Two, I think two episodes were, were preempted because of the baby Jessica. Oh. Fell down the well? The yeah, the girl who fell down the well preempted uh, Rags to Riches a couple, and football also. And that, wow. that hurt the, hurt the uh, ratings. Wow. There's I a guy who has that. a a TV website, and he always talks about Rex to Riches, and he always goes, show was killed by baby Jessica. Oh, my God. You know, I never, it's so funny, now that I'm older, I, I pay attention to the business side of things, but then I did it, you know? That's so funny. I never even thought about that. Just crazy. Um, so you did an episode of Knots Landing. I did. Knots <laughs> Landing. That's crazy. Yeah, you remember my career a little bit better than I do. It's called IMDb. Yeah, I have to look up IMDb half the time. That's so funny. Do you remember Freddy's Nightmares? I do. It's a very actually popular episode online. Yours. Really? Yeah. Well, I know I did it with Paige Hanna, right? Dale Hanna's sister? Yes. The redhead. Yeah. Yeah, I was nervous about that episode because I had to drive a Ford... Mustang and hit a mark. And remember, I didn't grow up driving like my brother, right. Long Island, get your license 15, 16, but I moved into the city um, mm. before I was 18, when I was 17. Right. So um, I took like an acting class at HBC. So I was always there. And so I never really even wanted to drive. I was kind of forced to learn how to drive when I moved to California. Mm. So anytime I had to drive on cue, hit a mark, drive a car, I was very nervous. I remember that about that. But I loved hanging out with Paige, Hannah. I remember that. Going, you're Daryl Hannah's sister. <laughs> and I think I had to be on fire or something like that. But they had this stunt person. Have you ever gotten um, starstruck? Um, yes, but not because of somebody I was working with, but more because I remember I was um I was doing a Broadway show. I forget what it was. Maybe Agnes of God with Amanda Plummer. And all of a sudden, right before, they didn't bring down the lights. They were going to, and then they stopped. 
and then down walks Catherine Hepburn. Wow. Sitting like two rows before me, and I was starstruck. Yeah, that was when I was like, oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) You know, New York can be so awesome, right? Like things like that when that happens. I was like really impressed. I was like, I'm totally starstruck. Yeah. I think Martin Short has a story about going to Broadway and actually getting seated next to Catherine Hepburn. And this is before he was Martin Short, Martin Short. Yeah, I love Martin Short. Yeah. Um, I I asked you about the cafe, Baghdad Cafe. I know, you reminded me about Baghdad Cafe. And I totally remembered about it after you reminded me. Oh, okay. That was such a a short job, you know, when you just guest on something. But it was Whoopi Goldberg. And it's funny because I was like, how come I wasn't starstruck about Whoopi Goldberg? And Gene Stapleton. I know, right? You grow up with these people. And and Whoopi, at that time, she had done this one-woman Broadway show that blew me away, mm. which kind of put her on the mat. Right. It was incredible in that. And that's probably, I was more of a theater person at that point. You know, right. I was never impressed with anybody else, really, unless it was theater or a movie. Things have changed now. Everybody does everything. But um, I, wasn't, I, there, I remember there was a guy on there, James Gammon, Seen with either of them. I tried to yeah, find it. In a sitcom, in a sitcom, you sit around a table. It's like doing a play. Oh, right. And you do a table read, so you're around them actually more than if you were filming, like let's say an hour long, where you're just right. in your trail and you do your scenes. You might see the other person. Like when I did, um, what did I do, Madam Secretary mm-hmm. in New York. Um, you know, that's a Taylor Leone. I saw her for a second. Basically, all my scenes were with her, the guy who plays her husband, Tim Daly. Oh, Tim Daly. And her real-life boyfriend, by the way. So oh. I was like, I was, I mean, I I saw her just once for one scene for like 10 minutes while she was filming it, and then that was it. But like in a sitcom, you see everybody all the time. You're always there. You're rehearsing, rehearsing, rehearsing. It's where you don't see mm. them, you know? You did a uh, movie called The Pickle. This, I'm getting to like go down the railing. This is what, yes. That's why I, a lot of people, it's funny, is I'll, I'll get somebody and then they'll be like, oh, you should talk to my friend and because the friend will hear it and be like, oh, I want to talk about my old, all the stuff I've done. I know. But this is great. This is um, a great cast. Danny Aiello. Oh, my God, yes. Shelly Winters. Shelly Winters, yes. I know. Did you get to talk to her? Diane Cannon, Chris Penn, who's since passed away, Sean Penn's brother. Right, Jerry Stiller. Uh, Jerry Stiller. Who else? Little Richard. Little Richard. Okay, Little Richard wasn't in my scene. But okay. Shelley Winters was. Oh. Diane Cannon. Of course, Danny Aiello, Chris Penn. Um, who else? So this is, oh, that's a, oh, I loved it. So I don't know if Lauren Tom. You know, Lauren Tom, who's that actress I was on, came mm-hmm. out to L.A. eventually. She 
got famous for doing some role in Robin Williams' film, and they were creating a television series around her. And, and I was actually doing a play with her in L.A. at the time, playing her sister, and she had to drop out. And I think she might have even been in this movie and had to drop out. I don't know. All I know is I had an audition, and I got to sing jazz. Um, and up until that moment beforehand, I'd only sing the song first thing on Back to Riches. You know, anything I'd done, mm -hmm. like a musical I'd done, they've always been musicals. I'd never sing jazz. And um, I had a guy who I always worked with whenever I had a big audition for anything, like Miss Saigon or whatever. I worked with him. And I was like, i got to do jazz. What do I do? And he's like, this is just you singing it as if you, how you want to sing it. Stop, right? You improvise. And so for this um, for this movie, you had to come in and sing a song because I was playing a jazz singer. So I got to choose, and I think I chose Keeping Out of Mischief Now. And so I come into the funeral room. I sing Keeping Out of Mischief. There's Paul Mazursky, who is a legendary, or was mm -hmm. a legendary director, right? And um, just the camera. And um, and then they do the scene, and he's like, you're fantastic, you're fantastic, what am I going to do with you? And he hired me for the movie. And so I got to learn Good Morning Heartache and Autumn in New York, these two amazing freaking songs. And I went around LA, and we had open night, open mic night, and there was like the drummer for Frank Sinatra playing at one of them. And I just got up there and pretended to be a jazz singer. Mm. And so when I showed up on set, I was so nervous. Um... But there, we, there they were, Chris Penn. Um, I got to record in the recording studio, and actually, unfortunately, the guy they hired as my, hus as my husband just couldn't, I don't know what was wrong with him. He mm. had some kind of, I think, a drug problem. Mm. And he didn't show up to film or to record, so they had to hire somebody else last minute to play um, for me and then and record for me in the studio. Um, and then I showed up, and there was... Shelly Winters and Diane <laughs> It just was so weird to be on a set. And, you know, basically, you know what they were talking about? What? Diets. <laughs> they were like, oh, oh, you know who else is in it? This is funny. Um, in the trailer was Rebecca Miller, who is Arthur Miller's daughter. Okay. And is now a film director. Married Daniel Day-Lewis, by the way. Oh. And became a film director. And they have two kids. She's awesome. And she would then also be Marilyn Monroe's stepdaughter. Also was just finished NYU in the acting department. I remember she was, I was like totally in awe of her. And they put us up at the plaza in New York City. They took over a whole floor to film. And I remember in my house, in the, uh, so they flew me out there to do that, but also they filmed in LA. Mm -hmm. And they had this costume designer, and he's like, Would you like to come down to the studio and come to my house? Or which, can I come to your house? And I was like, Well, if you want to come to my house, I was living in this like rock and roll dump near um, the Grove in LA, and this guy comes in to do my measurements. They find out later he's like an Oscar-winning <laughs> designer. I mean, he was horrified by my apartment doing my measurements for this film. So it was an independent film back in the day when independent films were not like a dime a dozen, and everybody was just kind of working because they loved Palmerston. And it was kind of a terrible script and just uh, just thrown together, and they were trying to tone that they didn't get. But everybody was game. Everybody. Diane Kay, they were just donating basically, I mean, they were getting paid, not a lot of money. But like top level 
mm. uh, just to come in and do this film with Paul Mazursky. Because they wanted to make another Paul Mazursky film, but it wasn't focused enough, and the script wasn't strong, and nobody really kind of knew what, what, they were just kind of jumping in and playing. And uh, I just was part of that, kind of bewildered, like filming at the plaza and filming at, um, you know, with all these incredible legends around me going, what are we doing? All right, I want to ask you about Mother when we get back. Yeah. All right, so one of my favorite people uh, is Albert Brooks. Mm-hmm. What was it like working <laughs> with Albert Brooks? Uh, well, it, I'll tell you what it was like. It was and Debbie Reynolds, right? She and Debbie Reynolds. Reynolds. And Sharon Stone? Right. Was she there? Well, I was only in a scene with Albert Brooks and um, Debbie Reynolds. Okay. And so I go into audition in this teeny little hovel in L.A., like you do. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it was just a little bit of an improv. And, and, and he wasn't there. It was just on tape. And then I get a call from my agent. And they go, oh, um, Albert Brooks wants to meet you. And I go, okay, yeah. Like, you know, because it, it was basically, hi, welcome to Victoria's Secret. <laughs> basically, I played a Victoria's Secret salesperson. And he's in there with his mother and totally horrified that he's in Victoria's Secret with his mother at the mall. Right. And, um, and the story is, you know, he goes back home to discover how he cannot have healthy relationships with women. And he moves in with his mother to kind of figure it out. Because um, that's where it all started, right? And right. Um, so I go in to meet Albert Brooks. And, I'm, and it's at like a, it must have been at Paramount, like a big movie studio. And he probably has a private office, right? Because he's produced and starred and directed in so many movies, right? So he has his own, his own studio. And I've seen a lot of his earlier work, too, and I loved it. But I just was going in there. And uh, I, I went in there, and I was like, hi, um, I'm supposed to meet you? And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, don't worry, you already have the part. <laughs> he goes, I just want to make sure you're not weird, you know? Like, <laughs> what if I hired you and I didn't like you? And you were just a bizarre person. The, the part is too small for me to kind of know who you are. So I just want to come in and say hi. And he goes, well, where are you from? What's going on? You know, and we just talk for a while. And he goes, okay, great, great, great. He's just like what you think he'd be. Like, right. You know what I mean? And so, um, so I remember my call, my call, which is when you're supposed to show up at the set, was, must have been like 3.30 or 4 o'clock in the morning. I remember it being some god-awful early time because it was actually at a mall in the valley mm-hmm. somewhere. And I had to show up. I guess they were doing it before the mall opens up, right? They were trying to film at the mm. actual Victoria's Secret. And that's when I met Debbie Reynolds. And Debbie Reynolds, okay, at four in the morning, okay? I mean, we're all exhausted. Maybe I think I had to show up at set at five in the morning. Something super early. But, you know, you had to go into hair and makeup an hour earlier, two hours early. And, and I was really amazed, one, by how petite Debbie Reynolds was. Mm. You know, she's tiny. She's tiny. And before that, I think she had had some major um, contract with Vegas or something. She was the headliner. Okay. So this is, was her first acting role in a long time. Like a long time. So she, what, I, what struck me was how nervous she was. Mm. And she was talking about it and how much she was actually driving um, Albert Brooks crazy. You know, like mm. their real life relationship was reflected. And then I must have improvised like for an hour with him. And in the end, he just ended up using the same old line, but we were just going using all this stuff <laughs> to kind of shock her, right. Reynolds. And I was kind of like improvising, going along with it, going, uh, I don't know if we have that, huh? You know, like right. he was like throwing out all this crazy stuff. 
But then it was great. I was done by at home by like nine thirty. I'd done a day's work and it was so fun. So it was kind of cool to get up that early. And I was like, God, I was with Albert and Debbie Reynolds this morning, and I'm done. And this was awesome. <laughs> Some of those days you're just like, yay. You know who turned it down and to, for Debbie Reynolds to get the offer? Who? Nancy Reagan. Oh my God. Because you know Ronald was very sick at that point. Yeah, well, I'm really glad because Debbie Reynolds was perfect. For oh yeah, more than perfect. Um, wow, that would have been interesting. That'd be very interesting. Debbie Reynolds is so kind of fun in a way. You know what I mean? I don't think it's mm. Nancy Reagan is light and fun. I think. I didn't recognize you in that movie because the last time I saw you was probably Rags to Riches. Wow, yeah. But now you know, I'm remembering it in my head. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's her. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. And you did an episode that's of The, the Pretender. You did a, yeah, an episode of The Pretender with uh, Jamie yes. Lunar. Yes. With what, what did you say? With who? The Pretender, Jamie Lunar. Actually, got to be with another one of Heidi's TV sisters from just the uh, ten of us. Yeah, I guess so. But my scene was with the lead guy oh. in it more than anybody else. Didn't watch it. Yeah, yeah, no, it was with the lead guy. I, I don't... forgot who his name was who played the pretender. Oh. Yeah, and this other guy, Tony, Tony Plana, who works a lot. Okay. Even to this day, I like him. And you did, then you did two years on The Bold and the Beautiful. Yes, I love that because um, that was literally across the street from my house. Oh, that's great. Um, in L.A. I lived on that the apartment I was talking about, Stanley Avenue, which is now the Grove Avenue. They built a huge mall. But CBS is right there, too. Mm. And I got to walk to work. So, wow, that was a great gig. <laughs> yeah. How do they film those? A whole bunch, a whole bunch of scenes at one time, or they had been filming the Bold and the Beautiful forever. And my dressing room, you know, all the soap operas on CBS share the same like area of dressing room. They're this big suite, and it's like underground almost for CBS. Mm. And literally, I remember walking to my dressing room and seeing the big Wheel of Fortune, the actual wheel, wow. <laughs> and like the guy who's the host of it. So everything CBS is there. And, um, yeah, so they film it there at CBS. It's like CBS Studios, and they film right. a couple of shows. And um, those two people have been working together forever on that show, Bold oh. and the Beautiful. And they direct. There's not a live director on the set. Like, they're, they're directing, but they direct from the booth, some kind of booth. Soap operas are funny. Mm. It's basically, yeah, it's, it's not the same as other shows. I'm sure it's good practice for people, but... It was a good gig for me, just because it was so nearby, 
and you know, just a strange animal. But yeah, yeah, I liked it. And what about the West Wing? Ah, the West Wing. It's so funny. I just I want to say I ran into. I remember I was sitting next to Stephen Tabalowski. Mm-hmm. If you know who he is, yeah, he's he's really cool. I spent the day with him. That set was intense, right? Mm. It's a uh, intense crew, intense dialogue. Um, yeah. Aaron Sorkin was there that week, or? Um, he probably was. You know, there's a thing when you're shooting. Um, that, and I want to say Michael O'Neill was there, who's become a. Uh, since then, not through the West Wing, but years later, we have a lot of friends in common, and he was actually filming a show here in Savannah. You know, they do filming in Savannah, mm-hmm. at least right before COVID, a lot of it. And he was filming a TV show called Council of Dad, and um, it was fun. But anyway, he was on West Wing at that time, too. So, um, yeah, Aaron's was it Aaron? It's Aaron Sorkin, and they have this thing called Video Village, and that's where all the um, directors, DP, uh, producers, writers, showrunners say, right? And um, usually I don't like sitting in that video village. There's a whole lot of talking going on yeah. in intensity. I like sitting with the actors. So I just sat with the actors while Stephen Tobolowsky told me lots of stories. It's mm-hmm. kind of fun. Actors are so fun because they're just around talking until they get up there and telling stories. But some people, that's how they relax. Other people need to be by themselves, you know. But Tobolowsky, for at least in particular that day, I always think of that when I think of West Wing. Okay, I I remember him. He was in Groundhog Day, right? He's the guy. Yeah. Um, Playing the same man. Yeah. yeah. Incredible. You were in uh, Minority Report. Yeah. Minority Report. Yeah. 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 And I was also this is funny. The reason why I was in Minority Report is I was in another Steven Spielberg film that um. AI that my husband was in it right. and I'd gotten cast in that I, right after I got married I remember and uh, came home from my honeymoon started working on that show and literally um, they built an entire set for the scene I was in um, sort of a, a pseudo futuristic San Francisco okay. and the joke was Jude Law would come up to me and say, hey, um, and try and speak Japanese to me because I was with two other Japanese people in this very Asian, Tokyo mixed, Chinese mixed San Francisco set. And um, and then I'd be like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm from Sacramento. I don't know what you're saying, right? And um, and I love being on that set because Kate Capshaw, Steven um, mm-hmm. Spielberg's daughter was in, in the same set. Um, Sandra Oh was in the same set. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Holly Hunter was was shadowing um, to to watch how Steven Spielberg was directing. And Steven Spielberg, I love that that he's just king of the hill, and he knows what he's doing, and everybody you know knows what they're doing because they, he knows what he's doing. So he really liked me, and um, he actually he was at that point wanting he might have even uncle, you know he's he he looks like a member of my father's side of the family, mm. so I felt very comfortable around him. And I remember him asking me if I did indeed speak Japanese because he was directing Memoirs of a Geisha at that point mm. before they moved on to have somebody else direct it. And I said, no, not really, because <laughs> I don't. Right. And uh, and then soon afterwards, I, I got a call to when he was directing Minority Report to do that, and that was with Tom Cruise. Right. Um, 
But my husband, and so anyway, the thing about AI was that I was called to work up, like at costume tests and makeup tests, like three days of that before I showed up on set. And then Jude Law's wife had a baby. So I got paid for that. We all went home for that because they had to shut down the set Mm. because of that. And then I ended up, that whole section of the film was cut out with Sandra Oh, with his own daughter, Kate Capshaw's daughter. Mm. This whole part was cut out. And literally, the amount of money they spent on that section of the film that I was in. But then, and then I ended up doing minority part, which I was nothing in, nothing in. I was basically hanging around the set while Tom Cruise was doing, I wasn't, I was in the same scene as Tom Cruise, but he was on one end of the train and I was on the other. So mm. I didn't end up doing much on that. You did but a, I got a lot of Steven Spielberg action for doing nothing. Yeah, it was kind of fun. You did a four episode arc on CSI Miami. Yes, that was I took a lot of time off from acting. Um, mm. I want to say about six years where I was just doing plays. Maybe mm. once I did a play called Proof, and I did another play called Winchester House. Because um, well, I had a baby and I wanted to be at home more right. time. I felt like I couldn't do both. And I did take, at one point, I took, a, I was like, oh, let me try to go back. And I ended up doing CSI Miami, which turned into a recurring role. I did a few episodes on there. And, um, just a whole lot of technical speak, which made me extremely nervous. Right. <laughs> I'm no scientist. And so I, was, I remember thinking in my head, I hadn't been acting for years, right? Just been a mom and I had baby heads. So I was like, okay, let me just make sure I know Leo, Leo, Leo. I remember waking up <laughs> thinking, I hope I remember those stupid lines. And then even after that, I took some time off. I, I decided I, I just too much and I just want to be at home until my son gets into school. Yeah, about five about five years, according you know. Yeah, until he was in first grade is when I started feeling comfortable again, and even then, not so much. I, I kind of would do. I did more theater to you know. For some reason, I was more comfortable with that than I guess the unpredictability of auditioning all the time. You know, right? You know, you get an audition the night before. I just didn't really roll with those punches because my husband also was acting all the time. And was in the same position where maybe he would have to leave town for a week to shoot something or two weeks or, or um, you know, suddenly have an audition or be working the next day. So I wouldn't have help because my parents didn't live in town. So I was like, uh, I want to be the steady one and he can go off and do that crazy acting thing for a while. Right. Yeah. And then you came so back with The Hunger Games. Well, I was doing a play. Again, I threw, I threw doing a play. I was doing a play at the Geffen, which is a wonderful theater in um, L.A., mm-hmm. with some great people. Marin Hinkle, who's now on the Marvelous Miss Maisel, okay. um, and uh, she plays the mom on that. And um, and who else? Mather Sickle, who's also another actor who all that. And my friend Francois Chow, works all the time. Um, and my other friend, Greg Wantanabe, who does mostly theater, but does TV, too. I was doing this incredible play, and uh, then I got that audition during that play. I remember being, when I got Hunger Games, I'd never read the book. They were like, oh, my God. You right. Hunger Games? I had to sign a contract with a lawyer. NDA, right? For a part. Hmm? A non-disclosure well, agreement? NDA. What? Yeah. Now you have to do that every single time you audition for anything, pretty much. But in those days, it wasn't as much. I did, But I hadn't it just even signing the contract for the part, I needed a lawyer. I don't know why, but it was a big deal. Right. Yeah. 
And what was any memories of Jennifer Lawrence? Yes. Um, so I got to that set in North Carolina and then with the other two stylists from the film. And um, they, we thought we'd be filming right away. Again, a lot of makeup tests, a lot of costume testing. Um, and it was in North Carolina at the old Philip Morris cigarette factory, which was now turned into a studio. And it was really hot and humid in the summertime. And, um, and I remember that we got there and we were supposed to start working, but Donald Sutherland showed up. We're all staying at like the Crown Heights Hotel, including John, Donald Sutherland and all the kids playing all the kids in the show. Mm-hmm. And then also there's stunt people and then also all the stunt kids playing. Because, you know, there's a lot of stunts. Because right. they're all running around killing each other. That was a lot of fun. And I remember mm-hmm. thinking, why aren't I filming? Um, Dennis Quaid, Quaid and Meg Ryan's son, Jack Quaid, is a wonderful actor. I remember him running around the hallway and all the kids running around. So, you know, we're basically staying in a, a motel hotel where you have a kitchen and everything. So it was really comfortable. But I wasn't filming because Donald Sutherland showed up and they wanted to shoot him out first. Right. And I remember, I remember going off to do my laundry because I was practically living there after two weeks, you know. And there he was in the laundry room. And I was like, oh, that's Donald Sutherland in the laundry room asking me for quarters. And uh, the kids doing back flips in the hallways because they're all like amazing martial artists and stunt people. Um, anyway, so I finally get to the set, and I'm in a plastic outfit, you know. They just they kept changing their minds. And old Lenny Kravitz was there, and it was his first time after Precious filming. He seemed kind of nervous because it was a mm-hmm. big part, big part for him. Mm-hmm. And I knew Lenny Kravitz. I had met him through Keisha Campbell okay. way back in the day when, when, uh, when uh, I was filming Rex Richards. He came to visit us at the Oakwoods. That apartment building that we were staying mm. at. Um, but anyway, so I remember that it being very hot and, you know, wearing these really tight outfits. But the, the day that I shot with Jennifer Lawrence, finally, um, it was so hot because of this big, you know, cigarette factory mm. that they had to bring in these big tubes that are air conditioned, but they had to shut it off when you film. Otherwise, it's too noisy, mm. right? And... Um, the director was very tense, very upset about everything because they were changing from being in the forest to now the look of the city, and he wasn't happy with it. And um, finally, I'm in this plastic outfit. Literally, people are fainting on the set. It's so mm. hot in there because they can't have the air conditioning on most of the time. And literally, they had to stop filming because a couple of people fainted. And Jennifer Lawrence, it's her 21st birthday. That's not why I remembered it so much. Mm. And her boyfriend, Nicholas Holt, at the time, um, he's this other actor that you've seen everywhere, too, but he was visiting. It was her birthday, and she had a flu. and literally had 101-degree fever or 2-degree fever. She was on this table, and I was supposed to be waxing her. And I think my line is like, you're so hairy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Something really insulting. <laughs> and I'm tearing the tape off of her leg, and she's literally shaking with um fear no no not with fear she's very confident the first time i met her no fever fever not fear oh yeah yeah with oh yeah with fever yes for sure she had the shakes from fever and um i met her in the dressing room probably a week before while they were trying to figure out what tattoos they were going to put on my face Mm. and she was just the thing you think about her is just regular down-to-earth 
great person. Like, you know, and mm. just fresh face, kind of taller than I thought, you know, she would be. And um, just a regular person, you know. Hey, how you, you know, just like something so normal. But um, that day that we started filming, that was tough. Like that, that I remember the director leaning and going, this is what you get paid the big bucks for. And she's like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's why I think she, she just knows how to roll with punches. She's just like, 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 kind of a, like funny and, and just like what you think she'd be is kind of who she is. Like right. that's exactly, you know. And um, yeah, I just remember being freaking hot and, and she was such a pro. You know, is that the most people coming up to for autographs? Is that pictures that they have the most? No, it would no. be Rance Riches, believe it or not. No. Still, some people like from Italy talk to me and try and track me down about that show. They're, They're just, it's just a big thing, a big influence on young girls. And some girl told me she, she became a jazz singer because she loved singing with that show. I mean, it's crazy. I read about two different people on Facebook who actually adopted five girls of different races, didn't have kids there. You know, they could have had kids, but they didn't have, chose not to have kids, but to adopt five girls of different ages and races because of their favorite show was Rags to Riches. Really? Yeah. Wow. Which is a weird thing to make a decision from, but still. Wow. Well, I have to say, we really got along, all mm. of us. We're just happy to be... On set, we got to sing and dance. Oh, Leslie Mogel, who was the choreographer on the show. Um, I still talk to her on Facebook and everything, you know, through social media more than anything else. Um, but it's just a good crew of people, mm. you know? Um, yeah, and we all, oh, and the recording engineers, Rick. Oh, my gosh. I love those guys. Yeah. And uh, a couple other things. Uh, how, how to get away with murder. once in a while I'll take a few years off <laughs> and unintentionally or whatever um, life happens and I, I just don't pursue it as much or whatever I'm not as maybe ambitious as some other people or I don't work because I audition I don't get anything you know and how to get away with murder and 13 reasons why I got on the same day mm. my agent just said wow so I hadn't worked for I don't know how long maybe two years in film and TV, maybe I'd done a play and stuff like that. I always keep myself busy right. trying to act, right? But film and TV. And uh, my husband also got, um, what's the, American Horror Story? American Horror Story? Yes, and it was being directed by Angela Bassett, I remember. And all three of us, we were on vacation in New Jersey. We had to come back, short on our vacation, and he had to film American Horror Story on a Saturday or Sunday, like on a weekend. And then that Monday, I showed up for how to six, uh, no, um, how to get away with murder. Mm. And then um, later on that week, I did uh, 13 Reasons Why, which was in San Francisco. Okay. So I had to fly to San Francisco for that one. That's where we filmed all of those episodes they, in, a, in San Rafael at a high school. And then they built a set um, on, I forgot what the island's called, but um, in San Francisco. I remember when that when that show came out, they, we got an email, do not discuss the show with the students. Uh, yes. But I watched it. That made me want to watch it more. And it it's was really dark. Yeah, it's really good, dark. though. Yeah. 
I watched the first two seasons. I didn't watch the third or the fourth. I'm the same way. (laughs) I watched the first one. I remember my friend uh, was one of the writers on the show. Not really. I had done a a workshop, a couple of her plays. Her name's Diana Sun, and she... um, she moved to New York and became a showrunner for I think, Law and Order or something like that. And so when she saw that I had gotten 13 Reasons Why, she said, hey, do you want to go to the premiere? I'm going to be in L.A. at Paramount. You can bring your son. So we watched the first show together. Mm. My son. And so that's why I ended up watching the first. But it was dark, you know? Mm. And she's like, yeah. She goes, you know, I wouldn't have young kids watch that show. You know, you have to be a certain age to watch the show and make sure you supervise. You know, you don't want, like, a little... Eight-year-old right. watching. It's a little, uh, little much. My students are, are seniors, so it was not. Oh yeah, yeah. So my son's a senior in high school right now. Yeah. Oh. Yep. Yep. He's in. He's taking government. Oh, I'm teach. I teach government. Yes. Did you see Boys State? That documentary on Sundance. No, I did not. Oh, you might like it. Being a teacher of government, it's great. Because I did boys. I did Girl State, not Boys State. That thing where they, you know, they choose like one person from each school, and then you create your own government. Oh. Um, so this is a documentary for boy, uh, and they do for boy, one boy from each school in each state. So they, they did a Texas boy state, right? It's mm. run by the American Legion, and each you choose one kid from each uh, school in the state, and they come together and they create two parties, and they elect a governor. And they did a documentary on that, and boy, was that good. I highly recommend it. Okay. I highly recommend it as a senior teacher of government. Yeah. Um, maybe I could show uh, it even, because we're li- we stri- I think you guys would have a lot to discuss about the process of government and and also boys. Right. <laughs> 15-year-old boys. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my. The girl state was not as rowdy from what I remember, of course, mm. a long time ago. So the last movie you made uh, was The Glorious, correct? Yes, and that was right here in Savannah. Like, you know, when I thought when we were in Savannah, I said, oh, my gosh, I don't know if I'll work, uh, you know, how much I'll work as an actor. And my agent was like, no, everything's changed. You can audition on tape. And I have a couple of people, that girl who started losing in Atlanta, she's got a Marvel television series. Don't worry about it. And literally from the second I moved, I started working like crazy. Um, all over the place, not in Savannah, but the last job, the, the one that's coming out, I think at the end of this month, is Glorious, and that was like five minutes away from my house I got to drive, because um, I live right near downtown Savannah, right. Georgia, and work, and film with Julianne Moore, and Beth Midler, exactly. and Janelle, Janelle Monet. okay, I was like, what is going on here? Yeah, you have <laughs> three, like, you have three Oscar winners. Julianne Moore, Alicia Vikander, and Timothy Hutton. Yeah, um, Timothy Hutton, and also, um, but in my scenes, I was uh, actually one of the creators of Ms. Magazine, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, all our scenes take place at the Ms. Magazine office. What are we going to call this magazine? Let's call it Ms. Magazine, you know? Um, I think Janelle Montanay says that line, and I'm like, what do we call it? And, um, and also Lorraine Toussaint, who's an incredible actress. And, uh, yeah, I mean... Fun. Mm. A, a period of a couple of weeks, I got to film that. Um, oh, like who knew, right? Like in Savannah, I'd be working with Julianne Moore, and uh, who, by the way, is just um, she's just such a pro. Oh, mm. and also the director, Julie Taymor, 
who directed um, original creator of The Lion King, of course, but um, also on Broadway, but also, you know, directed Frida and really mm. big time director. And wasn't creator. Julianne Moore on Bold and the Beautiful? Was she? I know she was on the soap opera. God, I didn't talk to her about that. I think. <laughs> we talked about kids in colleges. Right. And things like that, you know, and acting and stuff. But, um, yeah, yeah. She's going to be, she's such a wonderful actress. Mm. I didn't work with, because the glory is about Gloria Steinem at right. different stages in her life. So I only worked with her when she was Gloria Steinem in creating Ms. Magazine, that era of her life. So she's got the big sunglasses and the long um, hair. She said, she, I remember her saying that she cried when she met Gloria Steinem, for real. Mm. You know? Mm -hmm. Like, that's so cool. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's coming out soon. We weren't sure when it was going to come out because of all of the COVID and everything. Yeah. It was supposed to come out a little earlier and was at some film festival that a couple of my friends were at that they saw, but I didn't, I didn't see it at the film festival. I was here. So when did you do Crimes in the Dark, the play? You mean Crimes of the Heart? Crimes of the Heart, I'm okay. sorry. Um, I did that at, okay, so there's a theater company in LA. Right. It's the oldest Asian American theater company called East West Players, and where I got to star in, like, Into the Woods, Sweeney Todd, um, and do Proof, which are plays that I wouldn't normally... Maybe things have changed now, but in in as as I was growing up, you didn't see a lot of people of color starring in musicals like that. Now right. things have changed, and so I really got to hone my skills. Just like I said, I didn't go to a theater school, so that's how I did it. And this company just, you know, John Cho. I don't know if you know who he is. That that uh, film and TV movie actor. Um, he started out there. I mean, everybody. It's it's just a great ground. So that's where I did Crimes of the Heart, and actually. I did Crimes Art with um, Maya Erskine, who, she was just out of NYU. It's her first, how she got her equity card. Mm. Um, I, I remember her talking to me just out of school, playing my little sister, and now she's the creator, writer, and star of 1015, right? That's mm. a big show right now. Right. So it's amazing to see where she's come from. Like, know how to do and think about like I did. It wasn't even in my wheelhouse then. Like if I had had that behind me, I would have been different. It would have been a different ball game. Yeah, there's a lot of writer, director, produ you know, writer, producer, actors. Yeah. yeah, and they're always creating, producing their own content. And I never thought about it that way, you know. Um, but now my husband certainly encourages his students to do that, and I encourage anybody in business. If you know how to do that, then do it. You know. Right. And who was your who was the person you looked up to? Was there any one particular person? Um, you mean as an actor? Yes, as an actor. Um. Oh gosh, there's so many at different stages in my career. Um. Gosh, gosh, I mean, so many. You just want to say Meryl Streep? I do. I did love her. And still do. I think she's incredible. Mm. And her kids are now all actors. Um, except for her son, all her daughters are actors, actresses. Um, like right now, I mean, right now, I look to people like Sandra Oh, and I have such, mm. and I started out with her. Um, such admiration for how she's just blazed the trail. 
she's so incredibly talented. She's always been a genius. Um, but um, her, I say right now, she's the one I just go, wow. I mean, I love Kate Blanchett, too, because mm. she's so smart. And, um, God, there's so many, you know. It's like saying, right. you know, favorite movie. So many. So many. And is there any role, uh, any uh, theater role, that you haven't gotten to play that you'd love to play? Or maybe you're not even right for to play, but you'd love to play? about it for a little while. I was thinking about, um, this is going to sound very strange, but uh, lately in my mind has been Cleopatra. <laughs> okay. but it would have to be, it would have to be like a, a really cool update. Um, for me, I just, I like new works. Mm. So um, there's so much of them coming up right now. Um, Lauren Yee and, um, I can't wait. I can't wait. Okay. I've never been a writer, unfortunately, um, but there's a lot of really talented people out there with some incredible voices. Uh, I was asking because Sammy Davis Jr. always wanted to play Tevya. Oh, my God. Well, he's Jewish, right? He wanted to do Tevya. Um, I remember going in for an open call back in the day, like with the Rags to Riches. I remember going in for Brighton Beach Memoirs. Oh, okay. I know that girl. I know that girl. Why aren't they typing me in? <laughs> oh, I just wish. I wish I could play roles like that. Um, yeah, I have to think about that. Uh, I, I mean, like I, Annie, you couldn't do because you're not a 10-year-old girl, but that would be a great part. Yeah, like what would I want to do? Something singing. I think I kind of aiming towards something original and new. Okay, because then you could define the role. Fashioning a classic. Yeah, you get to originate it. I've always loved that. Um, and maybe a classic, a classic role in reimagining it, like Cleopatra. Or the, I have yet to do something like really big and powerful, like you know, like a Lady M, where I just that kind of role. You know, I've always now that I'm older, I want to step into that. I think that would be a huge challenge. A reverse I've king and I. Crazy women. A reverse king what? and I. <laughs> yeah. I don't know about singing, but uh, my friend's trying to encourage me to get back to singing. Mm. Yeah, he wants me to record Four Women by Nina Simone. <laughs> I'll well, have to see. Mm. I'll have to see. Um, I'm, you know, I'm a mom now trying to get my 17-year-old into college. Right. That's my hard work right now. Literally, I spent all morning doing research and contacting people, and we're working on that. So once he does that, I think I'll feel freer to do something i don't know what well we have a class in in my high school basically it's all about how how to get into college so if you need anything i have no that's great which your high school oh richmond hill high school richmond hill okay yeah so we have a whole class that teaches kids how to fill out all the forms and how to know what schools to pick and stuff like that yeah i remember wanting to go to purchase or NYU when I was a kid. Oh, the woman that the woman I talked about who does voices at Purchase. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, they got such a good reputation. Parker Posey went there. Um, yeah, it's a good good school for mm. acting. Well, thank you for coming on, and you did over an hour. I mean, Are you kidding me? 
An hour and five minutes. You got to be kidding me. No. Jesus. You think I can't you, that. you well, think you could? Thank you. All right. <laughs> it's a pleasure. Thank you very much. Okay. okay thank Bye. you. Right. Bye.